Hey friends, welcome back to Introverts Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fry, and this is episode number 11. Today, Tori Ganahl of She Factor is coming on the show to chat with us about how women in their 20s can design a life that they love. And it all starts with determining what in the heck it is that you really want. And we're having an open conversation about how as women, often we don't even know what we want because we're so focused on pouring into others. And so Tori and I are really unpacking how you can start to kind of break that cycle and start living your own dreams and living your life for yourself. Also, Tori is opening up about how she stepped into entrepreneurship because she was really reluctant to that at first. Um, She started out in corporate, but then joined forces with her mom to um, create this brand, She Factor, where she empowers women. But, you know, growing up, she had saw her mom running this huge, actually the world's largest pet care franchise, Camp Bow Wow. And she saw all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and was really intimidated and didn't think that was the path for her. But things have changed a ton for her and she's actually loving entrepreneurship now. So stick around to hear more about that journey for her. And here's just a little bit more about Tori. So growing up, Tori was surrounded by powerful women who were thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and trailblazers. One specifically was her mom, Heidi Ganahl, founder of Camp Bow Wow, the world's largest pet care franchise. But when it came time for her to go off on her own, Tori was determined to pave her own path. During her time at the University of Oregon, Tori did everything she could to grow, learn, and lead. As everyone around Tori was deciding where they would move or what job they would take, she was discouraged. Even after 45 informational interviews, Tori was feeling like she would never find the perfect match. A week later, Tori got a call from a recruiter and solidified a position in Portland, Oregon in IT staffing. After a year with the company, Tori was still feeling like there was something more for her. She was craving passion and purpose, either she factor Enter She Factor, a brand Tori and her mom built together to inspire young women to live life with greater authenticity, empowerment, and joy. So stick around to hear more about She Factor and just to hear more about Tori. She's an awesome, awesome, sweet soul, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Welcome to Introverts Empowered, the podcast for powerhouse introverts, HSPs, and empaths who are ready to share their gifts with the world and get visible online. I'm your host, Emily Fry, and my guest and I will be taking you on a journey to help you reframe your beliefs around what it means to be a sensitive woman in business. Listen in for your daily dose of encouragement and marketing guidance tailored to fit your quiet, sweet-spirited, and ambitious soul. Tori, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to learn more about She Factor and your journey to entrepreneurship. Um, Before we dive in, would you mind just sharing a little bit about you so our audience can get to know you? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am Tori. I am 25. I recently graduated from University of Oregon and then ended up staying in Portland, Oregon after that, but I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. And I am an entrepreneur. I started a company with my mom called She Factor about a year and a half ago. And it really started because of my own experience in college and then after college, really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with life and realizing that man, there's a lot of people that really don't know what they want to do. And to really try and kickstart your life and create a life you love, you have to have a lot of resources that don't exist out there. So lucky for me, I have an amazing mom that decided to start this business with me. And now 
I'm running it pretty much full time and I'm living my dream. So it's been amazing. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about what it is and all the details, but that's, that's who I am. I'm obsessed with dogs. I love the sunshine, but also love the rain. And, um, I really don't like chocolate. Some fun oh my facts. goodness. <laughs> Well, I love it, Tori. You know, I am actually 23, so we're close in age. And so I was really excited to chat about your journey just because I know that it's like a a wild zone when you're in your 20s and trying to find your way. And that kind of post-college transition is strange (laughs) to navigate. And so I would just like to hear a little bit more about that transition for you from college to, I guess, quote unquote, the real world. Yeah. So Back rewind to college, I was kind of like the poster child for all things, I don't know, leadership development, personal development. Um, Everyone kind of looked to me to have it figured out. I was sophomore president of my sorority. I was Panhellenic president after that. I became one of the FSL liaisons in the community. I was double major. Like I was doing all the things. And despite doing all the things, I got rejected from two of the top jobs that I was really hoping. I would get and also was the perfect candidate for, and it really got the best of me. And on top of that, I ended up doing 45 informational interviews my spring break, my senior year. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, thinking back to it, it would have been a dream because they were all in-person coffees and that kind of stuff. Now it'd be, that would be great. But yeah, um, you know, I just couldn't find a spark in any of them. I just really didn't enjoy talking about the things I was. I just felt like it was like, like it was all kind of just a phase. Like, okay, here I am doing these interviews, talking about things, but there's just no passion or spark to it. So um, I ended up taking a job that I wasn't passionate about either, which was an IT staffing sales job. And I joined it because I liked the company and I liked the people and I liked the potential and who doesn't want to make a lot of money when they're in their 20s and starting off and living on their own. So I quickly got promoted, moved my way up. I was really one of their emerging leaders in the office. And it just got harder and harder and harder every day. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was multiple moments of rock bottom for me, but there was one especially where I actually ended up going on a trip to celebrate being one of the highest achievers. And it was a trip to Miami. And at the time, I just started exploring the idea of she factor with my mom. I, I wasn't happy, but I wasn't miserable. I was doing well, and I couldn't really decide. And um, that trip just opened up my eyes to where my life would be in 10 years, 20 years, like a 30-year-old dancing on a table in a bikini, like <sighs> drinking terrible amounts of alcohol. I was like, this is not where I see myself. Like, what? Right. why am I here? And why am I stuck in this toxic culture? Like, why can't I leave? So I came back and I mean, I was in the deepest place, deepest dark place I'd ever been. I couldn't get myself out of bed in the morning. I couldn't get myself to go to work. I would gained a ton of weight because I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, my finances were a mess, like pretty much anything in my life, you name it, it was, it was bad. Thank you. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for opening up about that. And I just wanted to ask you, because I know that you mentioned that you were a leader in college and a high high achiever in the workplace. Do you feel like those traits kind of led to this burnout and place of unhappiness? Like, did those contribute to that at all? That's a great question. I feel like no one's ever asked me before. I definitely can see that. I mean, I 
grinded my way through college and I was so ready to be done by the end of it. I grinded my way through the first year or two years of my job and same thing. Like I was, I was pretty ready to be done with that too. And I think it's, it's when the grind comes easy when it's something that you love and the grind burns you out if it's something that you aren't passionate about and you don't love. So I think that's the difference. And I definitely think that it did contribute 100%. Absolutely. I think it has to do with that internal versus external pressure. So when you're following the path that that society has set out for you or your parents or whoever else, it does feel really tense and hard to hustle and get things done. But like you said, when you feel passionate and internally motivated, it's a whole different ballgame. So I would love to hear about kind of how you found your own passion and your own internal motivation to really start setting your own goals and forging your own path. So funny enough, I mean, I never, ever, ever wanted to work with my mom. Like that was not in question for me. Um, Watching her go through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship before um, when I was growing up, she had the country's largest pet care franchise, Camp Bow Wow. Like she went through all of the ups and downs with that. And it was, I never wanted to do that. And so when I was in this really dark place, my mom is my best friend. It was pretty much just the two of us my whole entire life. Um, she raised me as a single mom and I went to her and at the same time, she was a regent at University of Colorado. And so she was talking to a lot of young people going through the same thing. And we just realized there was really nothing out there, like I said. And so she started leading me through these activities and these goals, goal setting activities and exercises and kind of this gamification that she had done with her team at Camp Bow Wow, her really young team to motivate them. It really starts with figuring out who you are, what motivates you, then using that to incentivize yourself for hitting your goals and then celebrating at the end of it and surrounding yourself with the right people. So she kind of used me as the guinea pig to what is now the She Factor method. And holy cow, I mean, it literally turned my whole entire life around overnight. And it was stuff like mind mapping and vision boarding and um, finding your flow. So going through your daily schedule, figuring out the things that you love and things that you don't. And to be honest, it worked even in my job that I hated. Like I was able to find things and moments that I loved and and different parts of the job that I liked, but it wasn't quite enough because when I started deeping, going into a deep dive with this type of work that we were doing, I started to realize how much further I could take it and how much more passionate and purposeful my life could be. I love it. Do you feel like that process really helped you to develop your self-worth and confidence as well? Just like measuring your success and really owning those wins. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. And the first part of our process is actually called your silhouette. And I think it's the most important part of not only this process, the methodology we created, but if you look at all of the other methodologies that are created to, I don't know, create a life you love, or even just to go into leadership, et cetera, like it all starts with your archetype or who you are and really discovering that deep core motivation within within you and how you can live your life to best complement that. So the silhouette, I mean, changed everything for me in the sense that I thought that I was a different silhouette my whole life. I was being told that I was a certain way by my mom and my my family and my colleagues and all these people around me were telling me that I was a certain way when really I wasn't. And being able to take that quiz and find out, no, this is really who I am. Like I'm able to really step into the power of my strengths and what I'm good at and what drives me. Like I was living my whole life as a director. We have 
seven different ones. It's director, queen, conqueror, um, storyteller, guardian, and I always miss the last one, but <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I was living my life as a director. So leadership roles, like, you know, own the project, like really kind of this like hustle and grind and like wanting to create and right. get these projects going. Turns out I'm a guardian, which is pretty much as far from that as possible. <laughs> like I like to support people and like be more of this like behind the scenes. Like I just need to be told that I'm like doing something worthy. And so I guess what that all comes back to is heck yes, it all comes back to your self-worth because when you're able to finally understand who you are and step into the power of that and really understand why you do the things you do, you're able to believe in yourself and give yourself that power rather than saying like, I'm never going to be good at this. You know, don't focus on that. Just focus on what you love. I love this so much and this idea of this quiz because I work with introverts. And so a lot of our process working together has to do with really not beating themselves up for being introverted, first of all, and really not taking on those labels that they might have picked up throughout their lives from well-meaning, you know, family members and loved ones who have said, oh, you're so shy and timid and you can't be a leader, you know, the list goes on. And so I love that you mentioned that piece of, you know, other people, well-meaning people in your life labeling you as this personality type, this really assertive leader, and then how transformative that was for you to find that you're actually a guardian. And so now you can live in that truth. And so I really do agree that that quiz is probably the most important part of the process because it all starts with that self-awareness, right? Yeah. And that's, you have to keep coming back to that through all the other steps of the process. Like if you aren't staying true to what we say in the book, the compass of who you are, then your life isn't authentic. You're not living it for you and you're not living it for what makes you happy. And that's all you have is you and your happiness. So it really is the most important part because if you aren't living your life from that compass and from that place of being authentically you, then you're really not living a life. Right. I totally agree. So I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about the community piece, because I know that this is one of your core values at She Factor. And this is something that can be a little bit difficult for us introverts because we crave that community and those relationships. But at the same time, it can be really draining and a little bit difficult to kind of break into those spaces where we need to network and we need to, you know, connect with fellow entrepreneurs or powerful women. And so I just wanted to see if you had any words of encouragement or advice for women who are really trying to find their tribe, I guess, and trying to come out of their shell and make those important connections. Yeah. It's, I mean, I kind of resonate with that too. I, I really have feel like I've been forced to be an extrovert my whole life, but I really am more of an introvert and it's hard to put yourself out there and just make that first step. But it's been so incredible to see the transformations that have happened in our own community. And we've been doing virtual events, obviously since March, and we were doing live events before but we started doing these virtual weekly virtual happy hours. And it's pretty much been like the same 10 to 15 women who have come every week and we've become incredible friends. None of us have met each other before. It's incredible. And I would say 95% of the group, well, maybe 85% of the group completely introverted. Like that first meeting, it really took somebody like me where I had the courage to break everyone out of their comfort zone. Like, let's play some games. Let's do some icebreakers. And that's what I love about our community is everyone is just so authentic and is able to show up in the space to be themselves. And it's okay if you're an introvert. Like, I'm not going to 
pick you out of the group to talk. Like you can be behind the scenes and enjoy your time there. Um, and to see these women come out of their shells and there's one specifically, her name's Danielle. And she is actually, she's an American Ninja Warrior competitor. She's amazing, but she pretty much was at the lowest point of her life where she had recently tried to commit suicide and was living back home, had zero money to her name. And that was the first kind of week or two that we were talking to her. And now she's moving to Colorado by herself. She is competing again in American Ninja Warrior. She's um, the happiest and most fulfilled she's ever been. And to be able to see her move, she started a podcast, like just, and she even has a speech impediment. Like she's a complete introvert and like had a lot of insecurities about that. But to see you just see her surrounded when you're surrounded by the right people, the people that bring the best out of you and the people that will just cheer you on, support you no matter what, which is everyone I've met in our community. It just, it changes the game. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert and extrovert, it just matters that you're, you're supported. Gosh, that is so amazing. You know, I talk a lot about therapy. I'm actually in school for psychology right now. And so I'm a big proponent for that. But I do think that community is just a huge piece of healing and just having these other women in your corner, like you mentioned, and pulling you up the ladder and encouraging you and holding you accountable to take care of yourself and your mental health, whatever that may be, I think is so important. So I love that you shared her story. Oh my goodness. That was They've done more for me than I have for them too. I mean, like I just back in August found out that my mom had to get brain surgery very suddenly. And at that point, I also was working my butt off. Like I was like grinding away. We had a big conference coming up. I just found out my mom was going to have her surgery. I had to go and step in to be like a mom to all three of my siblings who are under the age of 10. And these women held me up and supported me through all of that. And they truly, they were the first ones before my boyfriend even knew about my mom's surgery. And, um, it's, it's been so special to not only be able to support them, but for them to support me in a way that's changed my life. They're my accountability partners. They're my best friends and we've all never met. So crazy. Gosh, that is so beautiful, Tori. So I want to talk a little bit about the accountability piece, because I know for me, that is super important as an entrepreneur and as an introvert, I need that little push to put myself out there and get visible and really, you know, just stay at it, I guess. And so I've just wanted to hear if you had any insight into the importance of accountability and how that looks in She Factor as well. Yeah, She Factor is all about accountability. I mean, really at the core of it, it's really about personal responsibility and taking ownership of your life and creating a life you love. And in order to do that, like you have to be accountable for yourself and you also have to surround yourself with people who will hold you accountable. And what it all comes down to is, you know, your accountability for your happiness and your future. And no one else can be accountable for that. And I think some advice that I'd have on just staying accountable is just really staying in touch with what your goals and your visions and your dreams are, because no one else is going to be able to make that happen for you, but yourself. And I think that's ring true for me in holding myself accountable to certain things that maybe I don't want to. Um, It's you're the only one who can make that happen. No one else can. And surrounding yourself with people who know that. And for example, one of my best friends on the happy hour, her name's Erin. And she knows for me, like I push myself too hard. I don't have boundaries. I say yes too often. So she literally sends me a text probably twice a week, just saying, how are your boundaries going? Like, and she knows 
exactly what I'm going through because she's the same way. She's a she's a guardian and she doesn't have she has a really hard time with those boundaries too. So by your surrounding yourself with people who have a similar silhouette to you, have a similar, you know, maybe it's a mentor, someone you're aspiring to be, like really being intentional about who you're inviting into your accountability team, which we call your SEAL team, is so important because if you're sharing your goals and your dreams and your aspirations with people that don't deserve it, they're going to make you feel really bad and icky and gross about not hitting them rather than just lifting you up and inspiring you every day. Absolutely. And I think too, I might've skipped ahead a little bit, but I wanted to talk about how a lot of times as women and especially young women, we don't even know what it is that we want to begin with, like what our dreams and goals and aspirations are, because I think society kind of conditions us to believe that we need to take care of everybody else, whether that's a boyfriend, a husband, our children, um, And so as women, we're taught to be these nurturers. And a lot of times we forget to nurture ourselves and turn inward and really do that work to figure out, I mean, what in the heck do we want our lives to look like? So Mm -hmm. I know that you speak, you spoke a little bit about, um, you know, defining your purpose as a young woman, but I was just wondering if you had any other insight into that and really defining your goals and your purpose and your aspirations Yeah. So we actually did a huge summit back in October that was all focused on self-care, wellness, mental health. Um, And it was really special time for me because it was right around my mom's surgery and our team all had something very personal happen in their lives. And planning the summit was like a, a smack across the face to all of us saying, all of you guys are taking care of all these other people in your life, but you're not taking care of yourself when we're putting on this summit for women who need to be taking care of ourselves. And it was this irony, but also this beauty of, okay, like we're in this too, like this is for us also. And, you know, the beauty of self-care is that, well, it's kind of beautiful. It's kind of not beautiful is that it's the last thing you want to do when you need it the most, right? but it's the most important thing that you need. And, and it's not always I, the fun stuff, right? Sorry. No, to but it's sometimes not. it's that hard work where you have to really be disciplined. Um, it's not always just like getting your nails done, like people think, or your hair or whatever. It's like this messy inner work sometimes. So, Oh, it takes, and that's the biggest self-care I've experienced in the last two to three years is the inner healing. I mean, the healing and the trauma and the limiting beliefs. And I know it sounds all woo-woo to some people, but like, everyone's been through something. Everyone has a story and the most deep intentional self-care that you can do is healing yourself. And um, there's so many different ways to do that. And I think it's just finding the right self-care for you. But by doing those things, you're becoming so much more clear on who you are, why you're meant to be on this earth, what you're meant to do. And it's very eye-opening and it's, it's transformational. Yeah. I know you mentioned limiting beliefs and working on those. Um, Were those a part of your journey and kind of how did you overcome those if you had them? (laughs) I didn't know I had them. Of course, we never do. Right. Um, But I mean, I had a lot of trauma from when I was little. My parents were divorced from when I was two. Um, I was always kind of a little bit of the chubbier kid. I, um, my dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict and my mom was an entrepreneur. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs, especially around, I'm not good enough. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. Um, even in friendships, like I've always shared this, um, 
with especially the she factor gals and people of our community is like, I have never been the girl that's had a lot of friends. I've always been the outsider. Um, I've had my moments being on the inside, but I was miserable when I was because I was somebody that I, I was pretending to be and this mask, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because I, I was so desperate to be enough and to be told that I was enough. And it came up, it came boiling over last year, right? Right around this time, actually, my mom and I went on our vacation to Cabo and she was on, on the phone with my siblings the whole time, wasn't paying attention to me. It was like, all of a sudden I was a five-year-old kid, like begging her for attention when we've been spending the last year together building this business. And it was, I think I just wanted her to see me for the work that I was doing in the company and appreciate that. And for me, it's all about being appreciated and being seen, being heard. So like letting go of those limiting beliefs and saying, you know, that was my inner self trying to protect me from a lot of things going on around me. But now I'm old enough to handle myself and figure it out and heal that trauma and move on. And it's even in the last six months has completely done a 180 in my life. I love it so much, Tori. And I just wanted to say thank you for being so open about that. And I honestly think we're soul sisters because I have a very similar background. I had a single mother and I was a chubbier kid as well. And, you know, getcha. Yeah, it will. And definitely was never like Miss Popular, um, but did, you know, eventually make friends and things. But like you said, I had to put on that kind of more extroverted mask, um, And I think that's something that happens when we feel like we're not good enough and we feel like we have to change ourselves and it's really an exhausting thing to do. And we don't even give people the opportunity to validate us and to love us authentically as ourselves if we are putting on this mask. And so I love that you spoke to that piece and also just really learning to validate yourself and love yourself and teach yourself that you're enough, regardless of if, you know, your mom gives you these words of affirmation or whoever else, it really comes down to doing that for yourself. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the big question in your twenties is how can I empower myself and not rely on other people to do this? Because it's so easy to fall into that like codependent pattern, right? Where we're, you know, we're looking for this external validation, but you find that you always come up short with that. And so, Gosh, I just, I love your story so much. And I'm just so thankful that you shared that with me. Um, Yeah. And I really quick note on what you just said too, you know, specifically about your twenties, I had a coach explain it to me in a really beautiful way. Your whole life, you know, you're born, you're connected to your mom and then you're connected to your parents and then you're connected to your family. And then you all of a sudden become connected to your friends and you're like this fist, like all of your life. And then all of a sudden your twenties, you're not in school anymore. You're not, you're in a new job, you're in a new environment. All of a sudden you go like wide open, like yeah. you burst out into the world and all of a sudden you have nothing to clench onto. So you start becoming codependent and other people and other things. And those can be material things too. 100%. It can be money. It can be work. For me, it was definitely work. Um, it can be body image. It, you just, you become dependent on whatever makes you feel safe. And that's the journey of your 20s is letting that go, letting that safety net go and saying, no, I'm ready to do this on my own. And I I trust myself and I'm confident in who I am and I'm confident in the decisions I can make for, for me and my future. 
That is such a good analogy. Oh my goodness. And I hope that all the entrepreneurs are listening, um, especially when it comes to money. I feel like that's probably a lot of our crutch. Like we're always looking for the next like safety net as far as money goes in entrepreneurship and that next like milestone, like the 10K months or whatever that may be for you. And I hope that everybody's soaking in what Tori just said about, you know, this process, especially as a young entrepreneur of letting go of these external validating factors or safety nets, so to speak, is so, so important. And so I love that analogy so much. Um, so Tori, as we kind of wrap up today, I just wanted to ask you, because I'm curious, what does the future of She Factor look like? And really, what does the future look like for you? Like, what are your big goals that you have? Oh, gosh. Um, I feel like they've actually everything about this question has changed really recently in probably the last month or two. Um, I've recently been working with a coach actually, and she's more of a spiritual business coach, money coach, um, doing a lot of work on even my limiting beliefs of the business and not being able to stretch it as far as I think that I'm able and all of those beliefs that come with that. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can understand that. Absolutely. And especially living in my mom's footsteps. I think that's always been a struggle for me too. So it's been really transformative. I've only had three weeks with her. And I mean, my whole entire perspective has changed. So I think in, as far as She Factor goes, I right now we have our membership, we have our events. The events are pretty much our bread and butter. And moving forward, I really foresee a more one-on-one interaction. And that's kind of how it started. And I think where we want to come back to is whether it be one-on-one coaching, group coaching, um, more intimate events within our membership or outside of our membership, whatever it is, just more connection. If it's not in person, it's not in person, but obviously we hope to get back to that soon. And I think just partnering with other organizations and companies and brands to bring more women together and start collaborating more rather than competing. And I think that's, it's so crucial, especially in the women's space right now, we need to lift each other up because they're tearing us down. So um, definitely uh, if you haven't heard about the fall of the girl boss and the she session, all those things, I actually just did an episode on my podcast with my mom about it all. So go check that out. It's astonishing just what's happening in the in the world for women right now. So we need to lift yeah. each other up and that's where that comes from. And I think for me personally, um, I've got big goals for myself and I think I'm kind of trying to reel them in a little bit. I've always wanted to be like, you know, Forbes 30 under 30 and cover of magazines and top podcasts in the world. Like those are all of my crazy big goals, but I really am trying to reel them in and, and make them more intentional. And why do I want those things? And I think if if you heard the limiting beliefs, a lot of it's probably because I wanted to be enough and I want to be enough to everyone and really trying to bring those back in and, and make my goals more intentional. So I'm working on that right now. Yeah. And I wanted to speak to a piece of that. You mentioned these like kind of outcome-based goals, like being featured in Forbes or this podcast or whatever that may be. And something that I've learned recently that I need to do more of is set goals based on the process and things that I can control, like these small little habits that I can implement and that are just completely and totally in my control so that I don't beat myself up when these big outcomes don't happen, you know, in the timeline that I expect. Expected. And so I don't know if that's helpful for you or not, or anybody no. listening, but Ugh. habits and ritual and routine are like my worst enemy. I do not get along <laughs> with them well, but I don't know if you've ever done human. Have you ever done human design? 
Yes, I'm an emotional projector. What are you? There you go. I am a um, manifesting generator with emotional clarity as my authority. And um, basically what I am is I really hate routine and I really hate structure because I need to be free flowing when I'm creative and let let my juices flow and whatever happens, happens. And um, it's been really hard to find discipline within that and find discipline for myself, my business, overworking, underworking, like letting, letting myself flow through that creative process has been a challenge since the beginning. So I completely feel you on, on setting goals in the process. It's, it's harder than it seems, but it's, it's definitely needed. Yeah. But I think that self-awareness is the first piece. And it sounds like you're really, you're getting there for sure. Or maybe you're already there because you know, your human design type and you know where you get energy from and where you operate best. And you know, that routines aren't your thing. And so you can structure your life around that. So I think that's a beautiful place to be. So I just love it. Thanks. I like to say I'm like the most, I feel like I'm one of the most self-aware people I've ever met. That sounds so (laughs) funny to say, but I, I'm almost like too hyper aware of everything in my life and what I'm feeling and thinking. And so sometimes I get overwhelmed by things very easily, but it's a good overwhelm. It's like, okay, like, where am I going to take this? What am I going to do? So it's exciting. Um, Yeah. I can definitely relate. I'm a little bit anxious. And so I find myself overthinking and being kind of over like cautious and self-aware and just self-conscious, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And so I can definitely relate to that piece as well. Um, You'll have to go take your silhouette quiz. I'm so curious to know what you are. For um, sure. I feel yes. like we, we might be similar. I feel like you might be a guardian too. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Which is odd because we have such different human designs. Like I think manifesting generators are usually like really energetic and Mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. And projectors need a little bit more like downtime and rest. But but yeah, I'm interested to see if I'll be a guardian as well. And we'll definitely link that up in the show notes. Um, And speaking of the show notes, before we sign off, I just wanted to ask um, where we can find you, where everybody can connect with you. And I'll be sure to link all of that. Yes, of course. So at the She Factor on Instagram is where all the magic happens for my business and thesheFactor.com. You can go RSVP for our events. We do free monthly virtual events every month. And we also have a summit coming up in April. Um, the She Leads Summit is going to be Leadership Development, Personal Development Summit, which is going to be really exciting. Um, and then also, of course, you can follow me. I share all the good, bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and follow along with the journey of podcasting and um learning how to be an entrepreneur in your twenties. So I'm at Tori Ganahl on Instagram and yeah, it's, it's going to be a great year for us. And I just encourage you, all of you introverts, especially if you're not ready to fully make the leap into a membership or a community definitely come to one of our free events. It's a webinar. You don't have to show your face, but you still get to experience through the chat, the beauty and the magic and the empowerment of our community. And it's a good warm up to all the different things that you can do. So. Yes, that sounds like an awesome baby step into that community. And I'm so excited to follow along with you and check out that leadership summit because leadership is definitely something that I'm working on right now and coming out of my shell and stepping into that role. And so I'm so excited for that. Um, Yes. And just want to thank you so much for being here today and just being so open with me and sharing your story. So thank you so much for that, Tori. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and asking such amazing questions and The work you're doing is incredible and I'm excited to be able to share my story on your podcast and good work for you too. being 23 and doing all the things you do. So keep it up and keep, keep fighting the good fight. 
Oh, you're the sweetest. Thank you. It was really my pleasure today. But um, yeah, so have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Introverts Empowered Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to join in a community of fellow introverted women in business, I invite you to join my free Facebook community, Introverts Empowered. This is where we get real about the struggles that we face as sensitive women in business, and we also discuss marketing tips and tricks that tend to work really well for these personality types. So just search Introverts Empowered in the Facebook bar and answer the membership questions, and I'll be sure to let you in. Can't wait to see you there.